another edition of the Eric Zane Show on Compound. I am Eric Zane uh, with my Penn State sexual predator hoodie on. Uh, you can follow me, ericzaneshow.com, patreon.com slash ericzane, twitch.tv slash ericzanelive. Yeah. Like you're paying attention to this shit. You'll figure it out. It's in the show notes. Uh, hello to you all. I have a little bit of a run going here where this will now be yet another on-time show here on Compound. That's good. You know, I mean, it's only to help me, for God's sake, uh, here from the uh, west coast of Michigan, uh, near the shores of Lake Michigan. Hello to you all, and welcome back to another edition of the Eric Zane Show on Compound. So whenever I do my daily podcast, uh, it... Um, you know, I, I usually the same thing every day, different, uh, different hoodie in the winter months, fall and winter months. And this one, uh, today I got an especially large amount of shit because of the Penn state hoodie. And, uh, what are you, what are you a sexual predator? And I, was like, eh. and, and I asked the question, I was like, have they, uh, have they gotten far enough away from that saga where, I mean, someone can wear this and someone won't judge you? Because if I wear this anywhere, people are like, oh, God, well, clearly you want to finger kids or something like that. And it's like, you know, I'm not a Penn State fan. I'm really not a fan of anything. And that's, you know, when you're like, well, no, I take it back. I'm a fan of the Detroit Lions and a lot of the Michigan uh, uh, pro teams. Well, pretty much all of them, I guess. They all kind of suck. They're really terrible. Um, and I really don't have like a college allegiance or anything like that, but I got this fucking thing. And here in a big 10 state, Michigan, these people see me wearing Penn state gear and they think that I'm a, I'm a child rapist. Um, this, however, wouldn't be as bad. I mean, if I wore Ohio state gear around here, they would, they would think that they would rather me wear Penn state gear than Ohio state gear. They, all this stupid mentality on hate over colleges. It's like, what the fuck? I don't like who, who gives a shit really? But, uh, and I'm like, no, no, I don't have any college allegiance whatsoever. But the story about how I got this thing was going back to the old radio days. Um, when I used to be somebody and we had a radio station in happy Valley. Now there are a few areas in the United States where the locals are fucking crazy when it comes to their stupid college football team. And uh, this is one of those states. Knoxville, Tennessee is another one. Those crazy fucking hillbillies. Jesus Christ. You see what they were doing? They, they ripped down the goalposts against Alabama and throw them in the river, and then they're, like, beating the shit out of Alabama people if they see them. Uh, Penn State's no different. In fact, it's worse, you know? Uh, we uh, visited my old radio show. We visited there a couple times. And the the uh, bummer of this is the radio show was uh, very popular at our flagship station in Michigan, but not so popular in Happy Valley in Pennsylvania, State College. And uh, we used to, God, we used to kiss so much ass doing that radio show, trying to like, um, uh, you know, uh, keep the uh, affiliates happy. We used to travel to these faraway places and we wouldn't even charge anything. We, they would just have to pay to get us there and to put us up in a hotel. And I'm not kidding you. We made no money. There was a time when we did make money 
And then when we signed with the syndication, we were self-syndicated. Like we did it all ourselves. And then we decided we wanted to be uh, syndicated. It was like a terrible move because they took all the money, well, half of the money, and then, you know, they impressed upon part of the show to, we need to be different than Bob and Tom. Bob and Tom charge an arm and a leg to go from town to town. And it's like, yeah, you dumb motherfucker. The reason why they do that is so that every weekend they don't have to travel to every goddamn town in America. I mean, I got a family for fuck's sake. Why do I want to be going 40 week, uh, weekends a year to bumblefuck USA to sit around at the goddamn shoe store? So fuck that shit. But uh, anyway, uh, I was overruled and uh, we had to go to this shithole college. And I am not kidding you. We went there twice and both times was at the student bookstore. So, I mean, fucking A. We're in the in this bookstore, this little table. The equipment sucks. And we're just trying to get the signal back to uh, Michigan so they can put it out over the satellite. It was just, everything was terrible. Kept getting uh, 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 a bad connection or whatever the fuck. And there was no one there, okay? And people are like, why are you even here? We went there, and the guy who runs the bookstore, he goes, yeah. We're like banging on the door at four in the morning and set the shit up. He's like, yeah, can I help you? He's like, uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're uh, we're the band, you know. Uh, oh, you play country and western. Bob's Country Bunker, Blues Brothers. Uh, anyway, that was fucking terrible. I'll never forget the one. I had one joke. I don't like to go back and say, "Aha, I had a funny joke." But there was some fucking dude. He was a professor. He was walking up the steps at this bookstore, and he um. He looked just like Colonel Sanders. And I remember saying, oh my God, we're on the air. I go, oh my God, look at this guy. I love your chicken. And he looks at me like I was crazy. And like the Greg and Chris are laughing their asses off. And I didn't know why I brought it up because it's not funny here in this context. So that was a fucking failure. Uh, Anyway, so that was terrible. And then the second time we were actually on the street on this main drag in Happy Valley uh, for like the Jerry Sandusky parade. It was like uh, one day after it was proven that he raped uh, like a thousand kids or something like that. And if you remember, there was a huge cover up. Uh, the the quarterback or former quarterback, I think he was a coach then named McQuery, which is fucking incredible. Witness actually Jerry Sandusky ramming some child in the shower. And he, instead of calling the cops or beating the shit out of Sandusky, he went up to Paterno who said, I, I don't know, uh, maybe. And, and you know, it was, it was horrible. It was one of the worst, uh, uh, most public cases of child abuse in the world. But these sick fucks uh, at Happy Valley, they don't care about that. And they're like, yeah, we got to, we got to, uh, we love Jerry, but we're going to, we're going to have you broadcast at the, uh, we love Jerry parade. And we had to carry uh, signs that say, I love Jerry Sandusky. And we had uh, Jerry Sandusky fatheads, And those people don't care. All right. They don't care about any of that shit. Uh, when, when the, uh, when the Paterno statue had to come down, they like held vigils, crazy college football fans are the absolute worst. All right. Uh, I just started a new segment on my Patreon that I'd like to tell you about. And uh, this is less about promoting my Patreon, more for you to hear what might be one of the most ridiculous things you're ever going to hear. And I say that with no hyperbole. 
Um, as you all are familiar with um, Jocktober and uh, who are these podcasts? Well, I came up with all of these. They're called air checks. When you're in radio, uh, you show up for your shift and you bring your cassette tape and you pop it in and you press record. And then every time you turn the mic on, it's it starts to record what the fuck is happening at the radio station. So this is one of about 50 boxes of air checks. Now this goes back to, as you remember, oh, the attitude era of radio. <laughs> yeah. Now, if anyone has ever done a puker voice like that, um, what you're about to hear will make that seem like uh, nothing. Because this is just insane, and it's all me. So what I did was I got all of these cassette tapes of myself, and I sat down with my uh, former radio partner, Ben, Ben Glaze, and we have just started to put on the Patreon a segment, and I've only had one episode of it, but we're going to post it weekly. Who are these Zanes? So it's just Ben and I ripping me a new asshole. And so every show is that from different eras in my career. And, and uh, in this particular one, this tape that I'm going to uh, play some of it for you right now is taken from, and I even have the date, October 1st, 1993. And uh, it's not written on the tape. I know the date is October 1st, 1993, because in this material, I'm making a huge deal about how my favorite basketball team, I guess, at the time, the Detroit Pistons, had traded Dennis Rodman to the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, so October of 1993, I had just turned 23. Uh, I had this radio station in a community of uh, Midland, Michigan. It's a rock station in a mobile home trailer. Uh, right now, I am speaking to you. I am announcing and, and hosting. I mean, I don't walk around my house and speak exactly like I am right now. It's not like I go, honey, I would like, you know, I, I'm obviously doing a show. You can tell that. Uh, but I'm not puking. I don't know how I got to this point. And I don't remember anyone ever telling me to stop it. I don't know how I ever did stop it. It's a goddamn mystery. So without further ado, audio check. This is the material that I covered on my first edition of Who Are These Zanes? Mobile home of rock and roll, Z93. Little Ted for all you uh, bow hunters out there. Little stranglehold for you. Hey, just got the word off of the wire. Hot and fresh. Dennis Rodman is out of here. Yes, indeed. He was traded to the San Antonio Spurs for Sean Elliott. Hey, I don't care if it was a good trade or not. As long as the human vulture is gone, things are good in Motown. Loving that, loving this. White Zombie on the Z. Goodbye, Dennis. Goodbye, Dennis. I love Bubble Hubble Rock and Roll Z93. I mean, it's, it's that bad. Uh, referencing where I got the story, the wire. 
that's one thing. No one really knows what that is now. It's a it's a machine that spits out teletype of the news, you know? Picture the film Good Morning Vietnam when Cronauer goes in and rips the stories off. That's The Wire. Why I described The Wire and the story as hot and fresh. Off of The Wire, hot and fresh. I mean, that's how you would describe a fucking pizza. Off of The Wire, hot and fresh. And then I don't know why, I, I don't know why any of this, but uh, in Michigan, um, the outdoors, it's very big and bow hunting season is huge and I I, I don't hunt, um, but I guess bow hunting season was coming or it was so, and, and it's Ted Nugent, I'm coming out of Stranglehold, so, you know, there's that and. Yeah, uh, bow hunters out there. But I don't know why I talk like that. And then referring to Dennis Rodman as... As long as the human vulture is gone. I've never I've, I've never referred to him as the human vulture, and no one has referred to him as the human vulture. Uh, yeah, that is very, very strange. Okay, this is the second talk set of the show. Now, pay attention here, because when the music is playing, that's the time for people to call in. And then they call in, and this is the 7 to midnight, Friday night. You know, hey, let's let's party, play some music, play some attitude rock, whatever. And uh, this guy calls in, and all he wants to do is hear a song, and he asks, who is this? Now, did I say Eric Zane? No. Instead, I pulled an old reference that no one knows or cares about. Z93. Hey, who's this? This is Uncle Fester, man. All right. Hey, how you doing, Pretty man? Good. This is Eric. What's up? Hey, Eric. This is JD, man. I'm up here in West Branch. You, oh, really? Oh. You know me, man. Yeah. Big peckers, okay. you know. Yeah, big <laughs> You may have heard that guy go, ugh. You just heard Cecil. I did a character voice. So I would sit there and talk to the guy and record the phone call. And then when I play it back on the air, I would go up to the mic and go, uh, 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 hey, uh, like, you know, have a conversation with myself. And then when the tape would end, I would actually speak in my normal pukey voice and then interact with the character. So, oh, that's right. We're going to play a song for you. Uh, that's right, poor boy. <laughs> hey, honey, how are you? I'm uh, recording a show. I did. My wife, ladies and gentlemen. This is for uh, Compound Media. Oh, hello, this Compound is Media. Uh, Anthony Cumia's. Oh, uh, that's okay. Okay, that's my charger that I need. Thank you. Okay. Okay, got to work. Still sick. Thank you. Did you get my text message? Your text message. Uh, my wife is Diana, by the way. We've been married for uh, 30 years. And been to, uh, together, oh no, been together for 32 years? 33. Um, do you want me to share that information? No. Uh, okay. Did you, have you, have you resolved the no, issue? I did, I got you. <laughs> and you just walked over here? The text said, I just sharded. She shit her fucking pants and came over here to Okay, a little bit about her. Um, if you're a radio wife like that, 
not, it doesn't always work out this way, but sometimes you can get a keeper who's a fucking celebrity in her own right. She is funny as fuck. Um, now here's the problem though. She just let Daisy into here, which is my bulldog who snores. So she has to come get the dog when she gets done cleaning up herself. Um, all right, hang on. I don't want to stop the recording. Come get Daisy when you're done because she snores. Period. Thank you. You ever like, um, do voice to text and you say, come get Daisy when you're done because she snores and then you hit send and then you look and it says, fuck you. You're an asshole. Drop dead. It's the worst. Voice to text is, uh, absolutely horrible. Um, where am I? Okay. Back to this. I'm just going to start this clip over again. Z93. Z93. Hey, who's this? This is Uncle Fester, man. All right. Hey, how you doing, Pretty man? Good. This is Eric. What's up? Hey, Eric. This is JD, man. I'm up here in West Branch. You, oh, really? Oh. You know me, man. Yeah. Big Peckers, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Big Peckers. Big Peckers. Exactly. Anyways, uh, I'm stuck here in the shop, you know, and I'm having to work, you know, and I ain't going to be able to whack them and stack them. So could you really do me a big favor? Yeah. Oh, jam on some... Bruce, man, Springsteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you betcha. Hey, man, I'd really appreciate yeah. it. I'm gonna be here all night, and I'm gonna be cranking and jamming with you, man. Yeah. Cool. See you later, then, bitch. Black 'em, stack 'em. Yeah. Bye. I thought you said he wanted some Bruce. Ah, he'll like this. Oh, that's rude. C93 with STP. I don't have words, really. Um, so if I'm understanding this correctly, the guy called the radio station to request a song and I told him I was uncle fester. Then he's kind of like, uh, I don't know what he was doing, but then I'm screaming. Yeah. Over and over to him. Yeah. 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 And then I didn't play his song. All right. What is this? I like the music. The mobile home of rock and roll with Big Head Todd. I had a mobile home of rock and roll with Big Head Todd. I love the station. Good music. 293, the mobile home of rock and roll. That band rocks. Good sound and stuff from Big Head Todd and the Monsters with Circle. Also, the Kinks and Stone Temple right, uh, Pilots with... I'm a little calmer here. I'm not as hyper. I think this, but I think I go back to another big Dennis Rodman update. Plush from the Core CD. How you doing, folks? My name's Eric Zane. And if you haven't heard the big news tonight, I'm pumped about it because it was like a cesspool just uh, getting bigger and bigger in the Pistons camp. Dennis Rodman out the... So he's the human vulture and he's a cesspool. Door traded. He's headed to San Antonio. Don't know why I paused there. I think I was like checking the news hot and fresh off the wire. San Antonio Spurs dishing out Sean Elliott. Pistons, I say, are getting a steal because they won't have to deal with a head case. Get out of here. He's only a Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah, Sean Elliott. 
Sean Elliott for one of the greatest defensive players, one of the 50 best players in the history of the NBA. Yeah, we got a steal. You punk. Hey, we won't have to deal with his gigantic ears and his nose anymore. What do you say? Hey, remember that? Yeah, there you go. Uh, throw out some 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 racist jokes. That tutorial I did? That was a couple months ago. About four months ago. Well, I've dug into the archives, poor boy, and we're going to play that thiefful tutorial about Dennis Rodman coming up in the next hour. I uh, did some searching. You know, I am a team player. Well, that's good to hear, man. I'm in a great mood because of this. Pistons getting Sean Elliott and getting rid of Dennis Rodman. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Check that. We got an hour's worth of nonstop rock coming to you. Okay. Cecil, the character, does editorials, guys. He calls them Cecil-torials. So, in the Cecil-torial, I no doubt said, uh, hey, you know, I don't like black guys or some shit like that. I don't know. Uh, but that's that's where that's coming from. Um, okay, next Lisa. clip. Uh, All right, Lisa. hold on. All right, fine. I had to play I had to play a second of it because I had to figure out what it was. So 7 p.m. turns into 8 p.m. That's when the character voice I'm doing kind of like takes over from Eric Poorboy Zane. And I uh, open up the I open up the doors for what I would call a mad dog Friday night. And it doesn't mean anything. It just I, I the character drinks mad dog and lives in a he's a homeless guy, lives in a box. So uh, I opened up the doors of the radio station, let the homeless guy in. Cecil comes in. Hello. You got to get the dog? Okay. Yeah, you're going to have to come get her because she doesn't want to leave. All set? Okay. So here you go. Lisa. All right, folks. WKQZ Midland. And it's a Mad Dog Friday night. Woo-hoo, look at that lover fly. Shut up. You're hanging out with Caesar with a while. Okay, now that's a cart. I... It's a tape in a machine. I like hit the fucking button like weenie in the butt. That's what I did. Uh, I have to tell you, though, I'm not the star of the show. The poor boy Eric Zane, but I don't let him talk here. Six nine five fifty one hundred. Give me your steamy, stinky. Sexy Friday night tales, and we can discuss them. No, sorry. That's tomorrow night. I, I didn't mean that. V93, this bit. I think I like, uh, I, I'm like acting like I said something I wasn't supposed to, or uh, I, I broke the radio rules or something. It's called Cry of Love. Check him out on the lick. Uh, got started. All right. Um, I have one more clip that I have to play for you. And I don't know why I, I don't know why I do any of these things or did any of these things. uh, 1993. So that's, that's almost 30 years ago, right? 93, 03. Yes. Almost 30 years ago, 29 years ago. Um, And this one, I don't know why. It's three words that I said, and I, I'm not sure what I was shooting for. Rocking on a Friday night. You have to understand. I, I always play, and I then I realize I want to say something. The Black Album hasn't been out very long by Metallica, and this is the first album that really went mainstream. And so 
I'm equating this to young people listen to Metallica. Rocking on a Friday night. It's a Mad Dog Friday night. I'm sorry, man. Mad Dog Friday night, Z93, the mobile home of rock and roll, suggested Metallica for the young ones. The young rockers rush there. Also, Soul Asylum. Hey, folks, what it be? Hey, folks, what it be? What it be? What it be? What it be? No one ever said what it be. What it be? Oh, my God. All right. That just gives you an idea of the... um, Now, that is um, from the first episode we did. And that is probably uh, three or four or five times that I cracked the mic. And the episodes are a half hour long, so they're easy listen. That tape alone will get us through like a month. All right. So... I have enough material here from because I well from all these stupid radio stations that I think I'll die before I actually get through all of this shit. Now I would say um, all of it is shit, but some is more shit than others. Anything that's really young like that is is fucking gold, and I'm I'm excited. But man, it it embarrasses the out of me to have to listen to that but it's only right you know i mean to me that's a winner so i uh, i call the segment who are these zanes and i might even be able to get carl on for an episode but then i'd have to get him the material say here you go have fun with this and uh well he owes me no nah, no he doesn't because frankly i get so much mileage out of episodes uh being on his show that i would just love him to even be there to um participate but i would actually feel bad that he would have to listen to something like that uh all right now uh hold on a second i just realized have i even been recording this yes but potentially no please don't say that oh thank god that scared me um i want to touch on some things going on in compound media that um i've actually listened to and i have i have some thoughts on and uh, I wrote them down. Now, this is um, recent history on Compound. And to me, they're gigantic moments. Things that I'm like, I will always remember these moments. And, um, and, and my thoughts on them in general. Okay? The first thing I want to touch on is Chad Zumach. Now, I'm not sure entirely, and I've made a big deal about it on this show before, what Anthony sees in him. And I'm not going to really go down that road again. But I may have found out something that I, that he sees in him. And it's it's a weird kind of thing because I heard the segment recently recently where, where Chad called and uh, Anthony put him on. And um, I, I, I don't listen as much as I should, but I, I am subscribed. And I didn't grow up listening to Opie and Anthony, but I, I do have a pretty good handle on things, I would think. Um, but the patience... When Anthony is talking with Zumach, it actually makes Zumach bearable. Now, hear me out. Chad's a fucking moron. He is absolutely retarded. Um, when it comes to his comedy on stage, I actually think it's all right. 
it's not the worst thing I've seen. Um, I think it's about where it needs to be. I mean, where he is in his career with stand-up, I think that 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 uh, that'll work. I think he can entertain a room. I mean, I don't like the guy at all, but um, who gives a shit, right? And the thing that makes Chad though impossible to like is Chad saying things like, "I used to be cool in high school." And uh, the the constant shade throwing that he puts on. And, you know, when Carl had him on Who Are These Podcasts, uh, it turned into just this contentious, the very first time, this contentious shit show. And he's tried to say he was trolling the audience, but he wasn't. He's just on the wrong side of everything. Okay? And it's just really off-putting. Everything about him. Except for when he calls Anthony's show. Because it isn't so much a Chad is entertaining. It's just the pace that Anthony kind of destroys him for extended time. Uh, when, when Chad said in that 20-minute phone call, you used to be with Bill Burr and Louis C.K. and now you're with Carl and Chrissy. And he just, he lets him get that shit out. And then he goes, well, yeah, but I was just hanging out with Joe Rogan, Chad. And it's always, he finishes, he finishes a thought, comma, Chad. And I, and I can, I, I know what's going on there. He's just really slowly inserting his dick into his ass. Like every Every uh, comment that Anthony makes, his dick is a little further up his ass. And I don't know how big Anthony's dick is, but by the end of it, it's like Chad's got an ass full of dick. And it's like he kept, he, he's trying to, he's like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't suck your dick, Anthony. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't kiss your ass, Anthony. That's Chad's way that is Chad's way of making up an excuse why he doesn't do a show here. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am not like a paid employee of Compound Media. I don't want you to give the wrong idea like I'm bragging that I have one and he doesn't. Believe me, they like the price of my show. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but I get unbelievable value out of doing shows for Compound. But my point here is, He's so ridiculously jealous and it comes out with these ridiculous statements. And I think he tries to pawn it off as, you know, I'm just a, I'm shooting from the hip, man. And I don't know something about him. And then as that phone call unfolded, it segues into Kevin Brennan makes an appearance. Now this is a few weeks ago, maybe more. But I like to I like to break these things down because this is what I felt when I when I watched and listened, and perhaps you did too. And so he they haven't liked each other for a year. Something bad happened. I don't know what. Kevin says, "Hey," and he says, "Oh, it's Chad." And then he doesn't speak anymore, and he's just gone. He wants to talk about something else that at the time I wasn't really aware of. Uh, 
then listeners, audience members of Compound come on, and then they rip Chad a new asshole. Now, these aren't like uh, uh, trained comics or people that do this for a living, but the efficiency that which they also stuck their cocks in his ass. So now by the time it's all done, there's three big cocks, I'm assuming, in Chad's ass. He's got, his ass is so full of cock. It's like one of those videos where when the cocks get removed, it looks like a fucking uh, event horizon on a black hole. The asshole does. That's what Chad's asshole looks like. And he just, he just takes it. it so I, I've, I know I've been mean to Chad, but there are some good points. He doesn't know when his asshole's full of cocks. And he continues to provide fodder for people to stick their dicks up his ass. And it was just great. I, I just was like, shit. And I was wincing because I saw it on Reddit and be like, oh my God, I just heard this brutal moment, his takedown. And he kept he kept on the line and it was just painful. Congrats to everyone involved. You really entertained me and you and you you, you stuck with me because I, I can... Describe to you in great detail the blow for blow from when that happened. So congrats to everyone involved. I I don't know. Um, we're in a weird world where people um, people's stupidity is becoming a uh, listenable and viewable thing with the stuttering John and uh, the stuff from uh, who are these podcasts. And well, hell, just the fact that John is the gift that keeps giving. And uh, now we have... Um, uh, regular features on people's shows, which um, I can't do that. I don't have the horses to pull that shit off. I just like the professionals that do it. And I love that Chad says he's going to do it because he's going to do it poorly. And because he's going to do it poorly, he's going to continue to look like a fuck and make the ones who do it well that much more funny. Zumox the worst. Chad's poor fucking podcast. And it's like, God damn it. The first thing Chad needs to do, the one thing I think he should do before he does any pod, any more podcasting is he needs to uh, improve his cardiovascular strength. You are not supposed to be out of breath from speaking. Okay. You should be able to walk and speak and your podcasting. You're not walking. You should not be out of breath. So I think he needs some type of uh, heart and lung uh, rehab treadmill. I don't know what it is, but he is so grossly out of shape that he cannot even carry on a goddamn conversation with anyone with a... And that take... All Chrissy wants is to be famous. I don't know anyone who is in this line of work who wouldn't like that because when you have some degree of uh, fame, you then can use that to, you know, make an income, have a living, which is why you don't. Um. I would also love to, at one point, ask Jim Florentine if this is a make-a-wish or something because Jim puts Chad on. And the only thing I can think 
is that Jim knows Chad's okay at comedy. He's all right. He's good enough. And he knows him. He's comfortable with them. That could be what we have going on there. Now, Chad, make no mistake. I would not be on the side of team three dicks in ass if you hadn't been such an asshole. So that's why I always try to take advantage of any opportunity that I have to light Chad fucking Zumach up. All right. Some more notes that I wrote. I heard the story about how Steve at Compound, what happened at the wedding. And I probably should save this for last, but I don't care. The genie's out of the bottle now. Um, First of all, leading up to the moment on Anthony's show when the story became known, the idea that Compound shows leading up to Anthony's show were teasing it in in a very vague way. And I didn't listen to Gino's show, and I didn't listen to Steve's show. I think Steve has a show, right? Um, so I, I I was not in the loop. I just started listening to the compound show on that day. And what was a very entertaining story with the description of the wedding and playing the foosball, and there's, you know, the usual elements of a storytelling vibe that always tend to work. Like, uh, if the show ended with just the story of how much fun uh, Gavin's uh, wedding party was, which I guess the wedding had happened prior, and this was a, hey, here you go. Now, this is the big one where everybody gets together. Um, That was a a fine story to begin with. I thought it was told well. Uh, Anthony, whenever he's describing pot, always cracks me up because he's he's describing it as doobage. That is what a 60-plus-year-old man would say. Doobage. And I laughed. I laugh at shit like that. Those little subtleties, that's what I laugh at. So it was all well and good. I like that type of storytelling. I try to I try to craft mine in a similar style. Some may even notice similarities, but I, I try to be patient when I'm talking. And he was doing all of those things. And then when it went to the actual play-by-play of Steve's speech... I will never forget that. I it's like I was fucking there. And I was I'm actually concerned about the relationship and I'm concerned about uh Steve and the drinking and I think you better get that in check. I've been a fucking recovering alcoholic for 26 years for God's sake. That's not normal. Okay? Oh fuck, I feel bad. I I I felt bad. Um but what a magnificently horrible moment that was god damn it i i really don't have anything more to say about that just that i will never ever forget that um and you know every every single element of that story was just incredible and i think that brings me to um actually i'm going to save this i have one more thing that stood out to me in the time i've been listening to compound since the last time I did did a show here. The drama between Kevin Brennan and Gino Bisconti. Uh, wow. First of all, uh, I feel bad. I think my big, I was maybe one of the few that was concerned about the microphone. It's a $500 microphone that he threw. 
And I'm not sure what else went down, but I know there was power loss somehow and an Instagram video, which was hysterical about trying to root out the problem. This, this cluster of idiots pushing buttons on fuses. Holy fuck. And Kevin was upset. And the fact that there's a lot, there's a lot going on here because this was very, very real heat. Okay. There was no bullshit here. It didn't, first of all, it didn't seem like it. And then I talked to Carl who spoke with Anthony and he, and I said, my first question was like, what that was, I, I, I don't even have to ask, but that was real heat, right? He goes, oh, you're goddamn right. It was real heat. God damn it, man. Um, and let me just say as awful as that was, that's terrible that they were that pissed off and terrible that kind of got violent and he wanted to hurt him. Um, that, that was excellent showmanship. If you run a show, that's the shit like that that makes people remember the Howard Stern show. It isn't the interview with the famous person. Nobody remembers that shit. No one gives a fuck about the interview with whatever person. It's about the goddamn drama. And the boss sitting there with a grin on his face and like, no, 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 don't wreck the equipment. But inside, he's like, eh, that's a business expense. That, I mean... <laughs> fuck um i i give a lot of credit to every to the anger i give you know what and i hope because i haven't listened i don't listen that much and i i can't say i don't want to lie and say i listen all the fucking time but i hope you guys worked it out i i i feel bad that it happened um gino giving out the number and then not realizing that it was fucked up and like not apologizing that's a fucking nightmare um, and I don't know how that little f- drunk fuck could not apologize because I don't know about you, but through the computer, I was intimidated by Kevin. Now he comes off as kind of like this air heady, funny guy, but motherfucker, when he flipped that switch, that was real shit. And I, I could feel that. I was like, God damn. And, um, so wow. Uh, uh, bravo i will never forget those moments those are great and that's what makes a show awesome when you have shit like that that you can go holy shit so i don't want to turn this into review into a review show but that those were my thoughts about what i saw when i watched uh those those episodes of the show and i and again it all comes back to this is um that is why these types of shows that do that We'll always have an audience because people will never forget those things. It's very real. It's all relationships. And that's, uh, that is absolutely fantastic. Okay. Who are these Zane Zumok, Steve Wedding, Kevin Brennan, Gino, uh, Penn state hoodie. Um, speaking of drinking an update on my brother-in-law who I've, I've talked about before. I'll just give you the abridged version. Uh, he lives with us. He, uh, has brain damage. Um, and not because of drugs or anything like that. A doctor took out a portion of his brain. It's a temporal lobe lobotomy. Yes, they still do those to alleviate epilepsy. It was successful. But years of very powerful medications and grand mal seizures and brain surgery like that has made him uh, a bit crispy. And one of the things, uh, and then the brother, there was another brother who died. Now there's no one to take care of him. One living relative, his sister, my wife. That was a couple of years ago. We welcomed him. Uh, we walked on. Welcome. 
we welcomed him with open arms. And now we, uh, we were just about to be empty nesters with my youngest child going to college and no, no, (laughs) that is not going to happen. Uh, but we love him. And, uh, you know, I am actually his caregiver. I have to wash his asshole. I have to take care of all of his medical appointments, take care of all of his business, things like that. Power of attorney, all that shit. Now, he likes to drink. There was a time when he drank a lot more. He likes to drink and he likes to not take a bath. So, okay, move in. The big fixer upper is getting the bath thing taken care of. So I have to do that. I know. Uh, But no big deal. Um, But the drinking thing, it's like write a passage every night, 7 p.m three, four beers. Now that's not a lot of beer, but it wasn't always that way. There was a lot more beer when he was younger living with his brother. Now I've talked about this before being him being a very, uh, like a fixer upper project here. Uh, his sister said the only way you can live here is if you go to the doctor. So he goes to the doctor all the damn time trying to get his, cause he's got a lot wrong with him because when you don't go to the doctor for so many years, that's what happens. Well, the latest is, he had some wonky liver numbers and they uh, sat him down and they said, all right, your liver looks weird too. We did an ultrasound. We're going to send you to a liver specialist. Now that appointment was just the other day. Now it appears he has, uh, they didn't say on the ultrasound, but it looks from what we're understanding, some type of, uh, it could be uh, a liver tumor, cancer, or it could be cirrhosis of the liver. Now, good news. He's not going to die. I'll just jump ahead to that part of the story. And uh, so he's like, I'm not going to quit drinking. I'm not going to quit drinking. And now now I want to say, you dumb motherfucker. Yes, you are. Because I don't want to. I mean, this bullshit is your, your sister's last living relative here. And, eh, you know, we, we want you to live. Sit here and enjoy life. Eat Hot Pockets and Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwiches and watch 14 hours of TV a day. I mean, who he, he doesn't have to work. He doesn't do anything. Collects disability, collects Social Security, sits on the goddamn couch, uh, drinks beer, and uh, chews uh, uh, Copenhagen or Skull. No, uh, Grizzly, Longcut, Wintergreen. And uh, all right, great. So we go to this uh, liver specialist, and I could see when she walks in, that she is not fucking around. Just had a look of, I'm not fucking around here. And uh, she knows already what's wrong with him. And so she uh, asks him some questions. He starts to get agitated with her. And now he does this a lot. Uh, because, and that has to do with the uh, the brain surgery. It damaged the prefrontal cortex of his brain. So you and I, filter our emotions through that. Uh, not Kevin when Gino gives out his phone number, but most people do. Kevin's actually wasn't working. Uh, there was a, there was an out to lunch sign on his prefrontal cortex when Gino gave out his fucking number. Okay. And, uh, so the doc starts asking about him and she's just getting a background. She's never met him before. And she goes, uh, you take any medicines? Yeah, I take a uh, carb- carbamazepine. Oh, uh, four? Yeah, seizures. Oh, you have seizures? I don't have seizures anymore. And he starts getting like upset with her. I haven't had a seizure in 25 years. 
and he's, he's getting pissed. And then so she asks another question about epilepsy. Now, she's just getting background, okay? And I'm there to be, I have, I'm the eyes, ears, the taxi, and the mediator if what's about to happen happens. This is my job. And I sense it's getting bad. And she goes, oh, one more question about the epilepsy. And he goes, I don't want to talk about the epilepsy. This is the liver, and this is the epilepsy. I'm going to talk about the liver. And so I go, can you give us a minute? Can you, you know, Doc, can you, I don't know, just a minute, um, come back in. Is that is that okay? And she, I said it in that particular way that she's like, oh, thank God. And so she looks at me, she goes, oh, no problem. Now, my brother-in-law, he knows that when that's happening, that he's fucking up. And this has happened many times in the past, and I have to repeat myself. So she walks out, and I go, dude, she's just getting info, all right? He goes, yeah. I go, so all you got to do is answer. We don't need any hands moving. We don't need any rage out. No Kevin Brennan. No one gave out your phone number. Take it easy. It's going to be all right, man. And he goes, okay. I go, just answer. And uh, she comes walking back in. She goes, so uh, no seizures. And he kind of like looks at me and he goes, no. And he's like shocked that he even did it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, perfect. And I'm like, yeah, you did it, man. You did it. So then uh, she goes, Kevin, normally when I have a person in here in your scenario, I'm giving them either one of two bits of news. This is not you. But a lot of people, I say your liver's destroyed and you've got a short amount of time to live because of the cirrhosis being so bad. You do have cirrhosis, but it is not bad. There's nothing outwardly that's happening to you that makes me determine. Because did you know that there's all sorts of markers on your fucking body that tells you you're fucked? Like your hands have those weirdo gin blossoms and shit, and your nose gets big and and all sorts of, uh, you see fucking little arterioles popping on your face. So if that's you, you're probably like, oh, fuck. And, and where your liver is, it's like hard. It's because uh, she says, she's explaining to us. She goes, the liver is amazing. You can cut out a piece of it and give it to someone. And the one that you have left is going to grow back. And the one that you gave someone is going to grow into another liver. It's awesome. I go, oh, yeah? She goes, but you know what it doesn't like? Too much beer, like your brother. I'm like, oh, she's a no bullshit doc. And she says, what happens to your liver when you drink too much beer it, it scars. And then when it scars, it's dead. Those, those parts are never coming back. So you have that. He goes, I do. She goes, yeah. And, uh, so now she's realizing who her audience is and she's like, um, how many beers do you drink? He goes, two or three. Now, you know how docs are. Whenever you say two or three, that means four or five to them. So she's like, Oh, okay. How often? Every day. And she goes, you think that's normal? He goes, yeah. She goes, that's not normal. You are not normal. Three or four beers every day at your age, and you do that every day, is not normal. 
She goes, have you always drank two or three beers? No. She goes, less? He goes, more. And I'm like, I cannot believe he just admitted that. And she goes, how long ago? He goes, I don't know, 10 years ago. I go, how much? She goes, how much did you drink then? And he goes, eight to 10. She goes, a day? He goes, yeah. She goes, for how many years? He goes, 10 more? She goes, oh my God. She goes, you drank eight to 10 beers every day for 10 years. And now you drink two to three beers a day for 10 more years. And I, I'm not seeing that you're going to die from liver disease. She goes, you know how rare that is? And he goes, no. And she goes, okay. You cannot drink any more beer. Ever. No more beer. Not even like if your team wins the big game. You can't ever have a beer again. Every beer you drink, you will lose a portion of your liver. Do you understand what I'm telling you? And he goes, yes. And then I said, uh, what about uh, N.A.? You know, because he likes, he actually does. He likes drinking Bush N.A. She goes, no, nothing. No alcohol in the system, period. Do I make myself clear? Which is something you say to like a child. Do I make myself clear? And he goes, yeah. And uh, she goes, do you want any medicine? And he goes, for? She goes, with the cravings. I've got medicine. I can give you medicine. But you got to take it two pills a day. I'm sorry, two pills at a time, three times a day. And you have to stay on it. He goes, I'll take it. She goes, all right. I'm going to send you to counseling too. He goes, no. She goes, what? He goes, I don't want to go to counseling. I don't want any of that. He goes, I'm just going to quit. And motherfucker, he quit. I thought, holy shit, this is going to be terrible. Not a peep. For weeks, he's nothing. No problem. His dad did the same thing. This tells me that he is, he's probably not an alcoholic, you know? I mean, I, I am. And when I had to quit, I was like white knuckling it. It was so terrible. I was like, oh, motherfucker, what am I going to do without beer? Oh, Jesus Christ, my life depends on this. I'm such a pussy. <laughs> but not him, man. That motherfucker, he just shut it down. His dad did the same thing. And same thing with cigarettes, too. Even harder. Uh, my uh, wife's dad, the crazy motherfucker, he just, he just he would smoke like three packs a day. And then one day he said, I don't think I want to smoke anymore. He just stopped. How the fuck do you do that shit? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm out of time. I appreciate you as always. That is my time on Compound Media. Follow me, ericsaintshow.com. Uh, you can download my podcast, Eric Zane Show Podcast, wherever you download shows. You know, all the usual fucking spots, Apple Podcasts. I do it every day. I do my show every single day. Sometimes you can see me on the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. Patreon, I'm there too. You can buy a stupid t-shirt on my website. Oh my God. And thanks for enjoying the show on Compound Media. Great hosts, wonderful people. All right, folks, till next time. Thank you, and bye-bye.